what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. I do not point you to the original Free Will Baptist. I do not point you to Pentecostal. I do not point you to Methodist, Catholic, or any other foundation that may be out there. But I point you to the cross of Jesus Christ because that, my friend, is the foundation of the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings chapter 13. The book of 2 Kings chapter 13. Reading the same passage we read last week, 2 Kings 13, move down if you will to verse 4. 2 Kings 13, verse 4, And Jehoahaz besought the Lord, and the Lord hearkened unto him. And he saw the oppression of Israel, because the king of Syria oppressed them. And the Lord gave Israel a Savior, so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians. And the children of Israel dwelled in their tents as before time. And I want to continue with the message we started last week. And the Lord gave Israel a Savior. This... 13th chapter of 2 Kings begins with Jehoahaz, who was the son of Jehu, who reigned over the northern kingdom of Israel. The Bible says there in the second verse that Jehoahaz did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord and followed the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin, and he departed not therefrom. When the kingdom was divided, Jeroboam, who took over the northern kingdom of Israel, he began his administration by erecting two gold calves and establishing a feast very similar to that of the Passover. And they offered up their sacrifices and so forth, and if you could have witnessed all that Jeroboam was doing, it was very similar to the sacrificial system that God laid out in the Levitical law. It had all the outward trappings and religious tones of the old worship. The problem was sin was ignored. And you cannot approach God unless the sin issue is addressed. Understand that today. There are millions today who are trying to approach God. And in the process of approaching God, they are ignoring the sin issue. Religion after religion today 
is doing that. But if it's not Christ in Him crucified, that is the way in which sin is to be addressed in our lives, placing our faith in Christ, who He is and what He did. That applies to blood to the doorpost of our heart. It washes us. It cleanses us from all sin. We can now come boldly before the throne of God through and by the precious blood that was shed at Calvary. And that's what all the Old Testament sacrifices represented. It pointed to Christ and what he would do. But that sacrifice was for sin the sins of the people, but when sin is ignored, then the sacrifice is just an outward show. And I'm concerned today that how much of the church, he that has an ear, let him hear, how much of the modern church today is doing things just for show? Are you getting this? Are you understanding what I'm saying? The music in the church used to be to worship God. Now it is done in such a fashion to cater to particular groups of people. A lot of the modern church today is doing music in such a way to attract the young people. A lot of churches are doing music in such a way to attract the older group of people. My friend, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people, young and old, black and white. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for all ages and for all nationalities of people. And when we try to cater toward a certain group of people, we've missed it because Jesus addressed it all. He addressed it all. The gospel that I preach is for everybody, young and old. When we were having destiny here at the church, I preached to them just like I'm preaching to you this morning. Well, some of them say, well, Brother James, you didn't get down on their level. I know I didn't, but God the Holy Ghost did. Are you hearing me? It's not in my eloquent of speech or, or speaking over their heads or getting down on their level. It's God the Holy Spirit that was dealing and working within the hearts and minds of those children and dealing with them. Has nothing to do with me. Has nothing to do with you. It's all in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not the preacher, it's not the individual, it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit will only work through and by the preaching and teaching of the cross of Christ. And this is what was being ignored by Jeroboam and Jehoahaz. And let me tell you something, whenever sin is deliberately ignored, for whatever the reason might be, it angers God. Church, you need to hear that today. Preacher, you need to hear that today. If you refuse to preach on certain particulars in your church because it might offend someone or someone in the church has an issue with this and they give a lot of money to the church and you refuse to deal with that issue, 
You are deliberately ignoring a sin issue in your church, and God is angered by that. He's not happy with that. And I'm going to tell you this morning, a lot of churches have closed its doors today because the sin issues were not addressed. Well, Brother James, if you address that, there ain't going to be a whole lot of people in the church. There never has been a lot of people in the church. Never has been. But the sin issue has to be addressed. And when we ignore it, it angers God. You see, the whole reason for the sacrificial system was to cover sin. The Apostle Paul said in Hebrews 9.22 that without the shedding of blood there is no remission. But the sacrificial system was not the end game. The sacrificial system was salvation on credit, if you will. Y'all all know what a credit card is. And especially this time of year with Christmas coming up around the corner. A lot of swiping of that card going on. That card is basically saying, I don't have the money right now, but I've got faith that that money's coming. And I'm going to pay it off at some given point in time in the future. The sacrificial system, the Old Testament sacrificial system, was salvation on credit. They placed their faith in that sacrifice because it pointed to Christ. And let me tell you, today Christ has come and the price has been paid. And right here, the Word of God is my receipt. Glory to God. I've got the receipt today. Saying that my salvation is bought and paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I just accept that by simple faith. Not by what I do or don't do. It's all in what He did. Jesus Christ. Well, Brother James, don't you believe you've got to read the Bible and go to church? Yes. Yes, I do. I believe that certain sinful activities will stop after you get saved. And the Holy Spirit will help you stop those things if your faith is properly placed. But if you try to do these things within your own strength, ability, talent, education, machinations, or whatever else you can come up with, you're going to be in trouble. You're not going to do it. The Apostle Paul tried to do it. And the end of that was, oh, wretched man that I am. He couldn't do it. Even though he was saved and filled with the Spirit, he could not live this life that God wants us to live. You can't do it that way. It's only through and by faith in Christ and what he did. The Apostle Paul said in Hebrews 10 verse 1, he said, The law was a shadow of things to come. It was not the very image of the things like I said, it, the sacrificial system, it served as a stopgap measure until Jesus could come. He went on to say that the sacrifices that the Old Testament saints offered up year after year didn't make them perfect. Hebrews 10 verse 2, if it did... They could have stopped offering up the sacrifices, but they couldn't stop offering them up because God commanded that this was supposed to be done year after year. But the sacrifices 
reminded the people of their sins. Hear that. The sacrifices reminded the people of their sins. And that's why sin has to be addressed in the church. To remind the people of their sins. To remind you that you need to go before God and say, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And if you approach God with the attitude that, oh, I give X amount of dollars and I did this and I'm in church every Sunday and I'm this and that and, oh, look how pretty I am. God's, <laughs> God's not going to accept that kind of attitude. You are nothing. I am nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus Christ, you can be nothing. It's only through and by Jesus Christ that we are anything today. It's amazing what God can do when we humble ourselves before Him. The whole purpose of that sacrificial system was to address sin. But Paul went on to say, Hebrews 10 verse 4, he said, It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when He, speaking of Jesus Christ, came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings God would not accept, but a body hast thou prepared for me. Jesus could not offer up a sacrifice and save mankind. Jesus had to take upon himself the likeness of sinful flesh and become the sacrifice for you and I. And when he died on Calvary, my friend, he paid for every sin, every bondage. And because of what he did, he is the Savior. He is my Savior today. Is he your Savior today? But Jeroboam and Jehoahaz, they used the sacrificial system for other things, which is what much of the modern church is doing. The cross today in a lot of churches is just window dressing. But his sacrifice is not to be used in that manner. His sacrifice is to be used to address the sin issue in the lives of the people. And it angers God when we use the cross of Christ for other things. See, the cross today is being used to make people rich. And Jesus said of the church in the last days, you are rich and increased with goods and say you have need of nothing, but you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked. That ain't what I said. That's what Jesus said. Revelation chapter 3, when he spoke to the church at Laodicea. 2 Kings 13 verse 3, the Lord delivered Israel into the hand of Haziel, king of Syria, and Benadad his son all their days, and they oppressed them. I don't care who you are, if you don't understand the cross of Christ relative to salvation and sanctification, which is how we live for God on a daily basis, my friend, you are going to be under oppression. And it's only going to get worse. These kings were of another religion, which was fostered by demon spirits. And God handed them over 
basically when you get down to it, to demon spirits, oppression. And I'm afraid today that much of the modern church has been handed over to the hand of the oppressor. And you say, well, Brother James, how do you know that? I know it because God has allowed our nation to be taken over by leadership that has done nothing but oppress since day one. And we've gone through it now for the past three years, going on four. And hopefully next year, people will have their belly full and go to the polls and vote like they're supposed to. But whether you go and vote at the poll like you're supposed to, you need to go to that altar and pray through to God the way you're supposed to and humble yourself before him and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And if the church will do that and say, God, forgive us for not addressing the sin as we should and applying the cross of Christ as it ought to be. Until the church comes back to the cross, the oppression is only going to get worse in this nation, ladies and gentlemen. And how much more oppression can we stand? The oppression got so bad that this ungodly king who was worshiping golden calves came to the Lord. And that's exactly what God allows oppression to do. See, you might not like it. You might not agree with it. But God knows what he's doing. All that we have seen take place over the last three to four years, God has allowed it. You can point the finger at this, that, and whatever, and blame this one, that one, whatever the case. But God has allowed this oppression to take place in this nation. And the reason he has allowed it is because when people get oppressed, it drives them to seek God. And if that oppression in those days got so bad that it drove that ungodly king to God, then it'll do the same presently. But again, the question is, how much more oppression are we going to have to undergo before we truly seek the Lord to get out from under this? Or is our faith in electing another politician? Place your faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. Only Jesus Christ can save this nation today, ladies and gentlemen. And the purpose of this radio program is to point you to Calvary. I do not point you to the original free will Baptist. I do not point you to the free will Baptist. I do not point you to Pentecostal. I do not point you to holiness. I do not point you to Methodist, Catholic, or any other foundation that may be out there, but I point you to the cross of Jesus Christ because that, my friend, is the foundation of the church. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it this king he besought the lord and the lord hearkened unto him 
if we'll draw nigh to God, He's promised that He'll draw nigh to us. But you dare not draw nigh to Him without addressing the sin in your life. And God gave Israel a Savior. 2 Kings 13 verse 5. The Bible doesn't tell us who God used to deliver Israel at that time. And as you read through the Old Testament, you'll find out that God doesn't reveal who the Savior is. He gives hints here and there, but He never names who the Savior of the world will be. It's not until we get over into the New Testament that God pointed it down to the actual individual, appeared to Joseph one night in a dream, and told Joseph, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus didn't come to make you rich. He came to save you from your sins. And any preacher that says they're preaching the cross and they do not address sin, they're preaching another gospel which is fostered by another spirit, which is a demon spirit. And God's not going to have any part in that. From such turn away. A short time later on the night Jesus was born, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, there were some shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Savior, not another politician, not another guru or religious leader. But our Savior today is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 2 Kings 13, verse 5, The Lord gave Israel a Savior so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians. Just as God gave Israel a Savior to deliver them from the hand of the Syrians in the days of Jehoahaz. Church, God has given us a Savior today as well. He died to set us free from the hands of the sin nature. He died to deliver us from every bondage of oppression that hell can muster. He said in Romans 6, verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. See, the moment you got saved, God pronounced you as being justified. Justified never sin. Justification deals with the penalty of sin. And at the same time, the Bible says you were sanctified. You were justified, you were sanctified. Sanctification deals with the power of sin. The power of sin was broken in your life the moment you got saved. But yet its presence is still there. 
it's dormant as long as you keep your faith anchored where it's supposed to be. But if you look there in verse 6 of Second Kings 13, verse 6, the Bible says, Nevertheless, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam who made Israel to sin, but walked therein. And listen to this, there remained the grove also in Samaria. You say, well, Brother James, what, what's the grove? What is that? Without going into a whole lot of detail, let's just say that it was pornographic in nature. And it was displayed in public for everyone to see. It was totally inappropriate and totally did not need to be associated with God's people. And yet, there it was. I wonder today how much our behavior is inappropriate to be displayed in public. See, a lot of people, they come to church and they act one way in the church house, but yet when they get out there, are you understanding what I'm saying? The grove remained. We have a Savior today. His name is Jesus Christ. God gave us that Savior. That Savior died to set us free. He died to set you free. You've accepted that Savior, but is there still a grove in your life? If there is, God can cut it down if you'll let Him. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.